Hey, welcome once again, Bears fans, to Bears Scat. I'm Thomas. I'm Jim. And uh, we're here to solely look, work through grunts and farts during the game. <laughs> so that you don't have to. <laughs> so that you don't have to. Um, but, uh, Jim, give them the stuff. Yeah, so... Thanks again for listening. We always appreciate it. You can find us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. And also find us on Twitter at Bears underscore scat. We've seen, you know, some increased interactions on the Twitter page. And yes. we always encourage that because we're in the off season and the Bears aren't doing much. So if you have questions or comments <laughs> or you want to tell Tom and me that you think that we're Some idiots. people think they're not doing anything at all. Man, you can make that <laughs> argument. So feel free to interact with us on Twitter and we'll address it on the podcast. There's actually a couple that I want to get to a little bit later. But to start off tonight, I think, you know, there's been a little bit of Bears news over the last couple of days with voluntary OTAs. And yes. we're also approaching the draft. So maybe we start a little bit with. OTAs and Tevin Jenkins is lining up at right tackle. <laughs> that's 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 some news. That's uh, you know we've we've been waiting to see what would happen with that. Um, I'm actually happy to see that. I mean, I know that they still have to figure out what they're going to do about uh, left tackle, but you know I don't see the offensive line even remotely set right now. We're just at the very tip of the iceberg, so there's still a lot to go. Yeah, and Jenkins at right tackle makes perfect sense. It I mean, does. That's where he was great. When the Bears drafted him and they said he was going to play left, left tackle, a lot of people said, that doesn't make much sense. <laughs> he played right tackle in college. He grades out as a right tackle. It doesn't seem like it makes a ton of sense to take a player that has always played one position and ask him to play a different position. And no, he was the he was the fourth rated tackle in the draft and or the fifth rated tackle in the draft overall. And he was the number one rated tackle at right tackle by all publications. So it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to try and, you know, fit the uh, the square peg into the round hole. No, and that was classic Ryan Pace. <laughs> classic Ryan Pace. Smarter than everybody else in the NFL and even I'm though, so clever. Even though everybody says that he should be playing right tackle, I'm going to put him at left tackle. And <laughs> you can't say that it didn't work out from a production standpoint because Jenkins missed most of the year last year. But right. it's a perfect fit at right tackle. Everybody thought that was a very natural fit coming out of college. And if you have a guy that you think can be a long-term fit at right tackle... Play him at right tackle. Yeah, so. we, we, it's not like we don't need the position. It, right now, uh, you know, you and I have talked about this many times. Um, we're both confident in, in Poles and Ian Cunningham, uh, both former you know, offensive linemen, to get this right. And it's going to be, I truly believe it's going to be the best it's been in 20 years. I could see Tevin Jenkins playing right tackle for the Bears for the next 10 years. Yeah. And... That is a skill in the NFL, is being available and being good at what they ask you to do. And, you know, the thing is, is uh, one of the things, you know, I, I, I did a little bit of a dig on, on Jenkins a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, one of the things that jumped out at me that I didn't know before he did that was his arm length. You know, that he, he had short arms, and that's why he is better at right. You have to have really long arms to play left tackle. So he physically is not really built to do it. And, you know, again, this is this is super early on, so we're going to see how this shakes out. You know, more uh, the draft is in just a couple of weeks, and or less than a, less than a couple of weeks now. And, um, and uh, you know, we also still have a whole bunch more free agency to go to before we even get to, uh, you know, mandatories. Or training camp. And the Bears are probably going to be pretty bad next year. <laughs> and look around the league. Where do the franchise left tackles get drafted? Usually in the top ten. Yeah. The reason that tackles oftentimes fall into the second or third round is because they're projected as right tackles. Yeah. And that's what happened with Jenkins. He 
was a second round draft pick. People thought really highly of him, but he's a right tackle. And in the NFL, right tackles just aren't as valuable as left tackles. But it doesn't mean they're not valuable. And if you can slot him in and he's going to play there for the next several seasons and he's going to be solid, then that's a second round pick well spent. And I'm glad that it seems like Ryan Poles recognized that because playing him at left tackle just didn't make sense based on his background, based on where he was graded in the draft. So I'm glad we didn't make, I'm glad we didn't waste too much time trying to slot him in there and, you know, eventually tank his career like we've seen other times in Bears history. I think the other piece of news coming out of OTAs is apparently if you listen to Justin Fields, he's throwing out all the tape from last year. (laughs) Thankfully, he has taken the Matt Nagy offense and just flushed it out of his brain. Uh, He just, he's just so ready to have all of that stuff behind him. If you hear everything about what's being reported out of these OTAs, it's that the mood in the Bears locker room has just taken a 180 when you compare it to last year. Absolutely. People seem to think that Eberflus has brought in a a bit of a change of scenery, and that's going to happen anytime you bring in a new coach. The reason the last coach got fired is because he was bad, and the players know that he was bad, and the players knew last year that Matt Nagy was probably going to get fired. So it probably is a bit of a fresh... Lame duck! Yeah, it's a breath of fresh air to to get that out of the locker room and to have a new coaching staff that is giving everybody a clean slate. But just hearing some of the things coming out of the voluntary workouts are positive and... How about a stacked? (laughs) How How about stacked? Yeah, and... It sounds like the players are showing up this year for the most part. (laughs) I know some players on defense still didn't feel that it was necessary to show up to the offseason workouts. (laughs) Nick Foles didn't come. I heard that. Eddie Jackson's (laughs) not there because he doesn't have anything to work on. Robert Quinn's not there. That's probably okay. But Quinn is definitely understandable. Jackson, not so much. Well, and I don't think that the voluntary off-season workouts matter all that much. Last year, nobody showed up, and even if they had all shown up, I think the Bears... No Roquan. And I think the Bears probably would have won <laughs> the same amount of games. That's but true, that's true. It, it It is a bit of a indication of how the team feels about a coach. Like, if nobody shows up to the off-season workouts, probably means that they don't really feel that invested in the current program and that's inherent when you know the coach is probably going to get fired like Matt Nagy was last year but the fact that more players are showing up this year particularly on offense is encouraging even that and um uh, Fields working with uh Mooney and Komet uh on his own uh I mean you gotta love that absolutely the more reps you can get, the better. That's why I was complaining all offseason last year that Andy Dalton was getting first-team reps. Yeah. Because Fields needed the practice. And Fields just point-blank said it at his press conference. You know, I mean, he he, did, he didn't use any names. But, you know, he was like, uh, yeah, wasn't the I wasn't going to be the guy uh, when when it was the off season, you know that you know I went in there and you know I was it was already known that I was going to be the backup. You know, we we all know what happened, and that's why last year to me is just red shirt. There's 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 nothing to glean from it. No, and I think that most Bears fans agree that last year you just flush it down the toilet and you'd be done with it forever. There's nothing to look back on in the 2022 Bears season that was a positive. It was a waste of everybody's time. The team sucked. Nobody developed and thankfully it's over. So (laughs) I I, I think that's all I really have to say on the voluntary off-season workouts and that's all I have to say about that. (laughs) And here we are. The draft is... Coming up upon us, it kind of feels surprising in a way because it hadn't really registered to me that the draft's in a couple of weeks, and I think there's a couple of reasons for that. First off, just at an NFL level, there's no quarterback that anybody's really excited about, so that probably means that the draft is just getting less attention in general. But also, However, oh, go ahead. Also, the Bears don't have any first-round picks, so... 
normally when your team is terrible, your payoff is that your team gets an exciting player early in the draft. That's not going to be the case this year, but, you know, here we are, and the Bears have a couple second-round picks that we can talk about, and that's what we're going to do, but so, what were you going to say? So, well, one of the things that I wanted to talk about is, um, you know, what we have to do is we have to take a step back and let Poles and Flus do their thing. Um, there's, you know, been a lot of uh, grumbling about, you know, we, we haven't gotten the best receivers. We haven't gotten the best offensive linemen, um, you know. Poles can't go and use these picks, the you know the the two seconds and the third uh, on you know defensive guys because we need offensive guys so much and it's like guys we gotta we gotta give him a shot we we have to wait for him to to work on some of this because you know I, I decided to do a deep dive on Darnell Mooney because the thing is is that it's it, it, the hint is out there that Poles believes that Mooney is the guy. And Floos believes that Mooney is the guy. And Fields believes that Mooney is the guy. And so I wanted to look at exactly where he was. And this is some interesting stuff here. In the 2020 draft, um, he was pick number 25 out of 35 receivers drafted in that draft okay so i thought that was interesting pick number 173 as a matter of fact in the fifth round and uh that draft had six receivers taken in the first round and another seven receivers taken in the second round so it wasn't like they were laying off these guys i mean 35 uh receivers went in in that draft now since that time He is one of only four players to participate in 33 games. He is also, after the 2021 season, number three amongst that group in receptions. He is, and he's only behind Justin Jefferson and CeeDee Lamb. Pretty good players. That's That's some pretty good company. He is number five in yards, only behind... Jefferson Lamb, Higgins, and Claypool. Again, another really good, another really good group of, of guys. Seventh in touchdowns. And I mean, I'm looking at this and I'm like, wow. Um, you know, we we're, maybe we're so close to it that we don't see the the impact that he is making. Because when you look at that crop of receivers that 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 went that year. I mean, there's some there's some really good guys in there, right? And Mooney had by far the worst quarterback situation of any of the players you just mentioned. Exactly. You know, last year he had how many yards with Andy Dalton and Matt Nagy and Justin Fields? So I mean, yeah, you look at it, and he's played with he played with Foles and Trubisky and. Uh, you know, Fields trying to fill in and Dalton, and it's like, you know, all the rest of those guys, they've all got, you know, guys that are top 10 quarterbacks in the league, you know. So, it, all I'm saying is, is that when you look at that, it, it shows that there are guys to be had that aren't at the top of the list, but we've got to let the coaching staff and the and, and general management and the scouts you know do their thing and that's what I'm most excited to see is that what polls does his thing on yeah I, I think that people need to put this draft in perspective so number one with as bad as the bears are the players that they pick in the second third fourth round those are all starters on next year's team it's probably true. Anybody picked before round five for sure, and potentially after that, are day one starters with the way that the depth chart is Actually, constructed. Actually, they should be. And they will be, even if they're bad. The, yeah. The, the, the Bears roster is so devoid of talent right now that the players in this draft are going to be starting day one, whether or not that's a good thing or not. 
The, the, <laughs> the other thing, and this is more of a Ryan Poles consideration, this is going to be a really difficult draft to get mad at him about. As long as there's not any glaring red flags, you know, don't draft a player from a college that nobody's ever heard of. Don't draft a player that has missed a bunch of time due to injuries. Don't draft an offensive lineman with a chronic back issue. (laughs) Don't draft a guy that... Hey, wait, didn't the guy that was in charge before do all of those things? That's the thing. I mean, don't draft a player that is going to play a position that he's never played before. These sound like very obvious things, but the reason that I have to say them is because not only Ryan Pace, but plenty of Bears general managers have made these mistakes. Yes. But absent any of those obvious things that make everybody shake their head, you know, the Bears could draft pretty much any position they want here. The Bears could take two wide receivers in the second round. They could take two cornerbacks in the second round. They could take two offensive linemen or any permutation thereof and it's going to be really difficult to nitpick them because the roster is so bad there are so many needs and they're picking in the second round so chances are no none of us are going to have heard have heard of any of the players they select so we're going to be learning um, about them in the first time so we're, we've uh, got special guests uh, this episode and so we're gonna um, go ahead and bring our first guy in so, uh, back again with um, our first guest today, uh, Toby uh, joins us over at Allery's uh, every single week, and he is a serious geek when it comes to our favorite day that's just a week away. Uh, he, he's known to, to dig into some draft publications. Uh, hey, Toby. How's it going? Uh, long time listener, first time caller. Yeah. <laughs> I've always wanted to say that. <laughs> We're glad we could provide you that platform, I suppose. My dreams have come true. So uh, one of the things that um, we're going to do uh, during the off season is we're going to bring, you know, guys from the bar uh, on. So, you know, you can get a flavor of, uh, of the group that we, of, that we normally hang with. And, you know, you can also uh, hear from some other Jamokes other than just us. So yeah, we, we get tiresome. I, think. <laughs> I can't imagine anybody wants to hear from us as much People as they do us. already. <laughs> so, uh, so Toby, what, so what's uh, some of the thoughts that you've had on the, on the two first, uh, the two picks that we got there at the beginning? Yeah. In the second round. Yeah. Um, I think everybody wants to go a receiver. I, I have a fear that all the receivers are going to get pushed up in the draft with the premium price that everybody's paying for the, Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hills of the world are chasing that young, cheap receiver. So I don't know if we're going to have great value there. So I see I see Paul's kind of going in the trenches, probably getting some offensive linemen. We have that gaping hole at right guard, so I can see him maybe taking even a tackle and then letting him battle out with uh, Jenkins and Borman. Maybe the loser goes into guard or something like that, too. Um, but three technique tackles there, I think they might go that way, too, because struck out on... The guy's name I can't pronounce, Ojun, Ojun Bondi, you know how to say his name? Ogan Jovi. Yeah. That guy, yeah. So we didn't get him, so I could see a three technique being a big need. So I think we'll or we want that big splash player, but I feel like we're gonna get some hopefully some good solid players. Kind of reminds me of the Colcomet, Jalen Johnson. Draft a couple years back, let's get kind of two solid guys that nobody's gonna be super excited to hear their name come next week, but hopefully they're good players for a while for us. Right, and you know, one of the things that um, I was saying to Jim earlier is that I think Bears fans are kind of working themselves into this frenzy about that all the picks, you know, have to be offensive, and it's somehow they're missing the the bigger picture that Pace left this team in a mess, and so there's there's spots that need help everywhere. I mean quarterback is certainly as big of a need as anything on the on the team for sure yeah i think uh you know offensive linemen can help with the running game and the and the passing game so and i think you look at getsy and the packers model they haven't really splat they don't adams they kind of lucked into i think he was a second round draft choice so nobody it wasn't a slam dunk by any means so they have a lot of uh hodgepodge receivers behind them I think if you take our receiving core right now and the Packers, who they have under contract right now, I'd take the Bears receiving core right now over the Packers <laughs> with, uh, offseason uh, purge in Green Bay. And then we got, I mean, Pringles, we'll see what he is. And Mooney is a good two 
two or three receiver probably and hope he takes a step up and just kind of hope that uh, Justin Fields kind of right raises the tide of it all around him. We can't, you know, we love to give him as many tools and toys to play with, but he's got to step up and pull people up around him too, I think. So here's something for both of you guys. I feel like after that recent press conference uh, from Fields, I really felt some juice coming from him. Like he really believes in himself and his team and his coaches, and he wants to get to next level. Go ahead, go ahead. His attitude's never been in question. I, I think that last year proved that in a way. I remember after the Cleveland game where every Bears fan was in agreement that the coaching staff hung him out to dry and just let him get sacked time and time again. That was the game that he insanity got up at the podium right after the game, still in full uniform, and said, this is what needs to get better. And so I, I, never, I, I don't think the desire has ever been in question. It's about... Is the talent there? Can he? It, it's the same thing with Mitch Trubisky. Nobody ever questioned Mitch's work ethic or his want to, but there just some. There was just something that never fully clicked with him, and potentially you could blame Matt Nagy for that, and you could say that no quarterback would have been successful under Matt Nagy's offense. And I think that a lot of Bears fans probably agree with that argument because everybody is so down on Matt Nagy. But the question with Fields is that, can it all get put together? There's plenty of talented players that fail in the NFL because it never clicks for one reason or another. And you hope that the Bears have found a good offensive coaching staff here and that with a little bit more of a focus on his development he can take that next step or really even take a first step because last year other than a few flashes was a whole lot of nothing I don't know Toby where where are you at on this one yeah last year was just a wasted year for Fields this day he, I don't think he really wanted it to give him the chance it seemed like he wasn't putting him in a great position that Browns game you mentioned gave me some some flashbacks there that was a miserable experience <laughs> I was I was actually in Mexico on vacation that week. I was watching it, streaming it from my hotel room. <laughs> like, how am I in Mexico and miserable? Like, this is ruining my vacation. Oh, my Why gosh. am I doing this to myself? So, able to step, go to the beach and kind of refresh after that. But, I'm trying um, to remember where I was for that you. game. Thank I think you. I blocked it out. <laughs> Tropical paradise, or else who knows what would happen that day, I suppose. But, yeah, it's just time for Gilles to give him a chance to step up. I think the coaching around him is going to be the biggest improvement that we can make. We don't have a lot of money to spend. We don't have a lot of assets to spend. So it's going to be up to Fields and Getsy to kind of get together and put put a good product on the field. And we'll be watching it, the ups and downs, and kind of see how things go. So um, the other day I tweeted out that uh, from, from Bearscat that, you know, we have never had uh, in the history of the Bears – um, a quarterback that had the resume, the accolades, uh, the awards, uh, the experience level, uh, the athletic ability that Fields has. We've never had that. We've never had a big-time quarterback who, you know, uh, did what he did in college. And this is our – this. so to me – this is a different. This is a different uh, scenario altogether. I mean, we're so used to seeing guys uh, that are either you know somewhat lacking in experience, uh, a la Mitch Trubisky and Rex Grossman, or you know they uh, they were good in college but they weren't great, a la Kyle Orton or Jay Cutler. Um, you know, they, or even, even when you look back all the way back to Harbaugh, right? I mean, Harbaugh was really good in college, but he wasn't amazing or anything. Um, none of those guys have the, have all of the things that, that this guy brings. And I think that part of it was the, you know, the flashes of greatness that we saw last year. I think we're going to see more than that. And, 
you know, I just I feel like this is something that's just totally new to us, us Bears fans, and so maybe we're not. Maybe we're not seeing the whole picture. What do you think, Toby? Yeah, I remember I seen that uh, tweet. You had some doubt. And I was trying to think back to who Rex Grossman is the closest one that came to mind. And I think that was like they're squinting and kind of wanted to see him be a big time prospect. And pretending <laughs> that he was a big time. He's from Florida. Like, yeah, he's pretty good, right? Furrier, yeah. He's yeah. kind of sorta. We, 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 we kidded ourselves into that, I think. And, <laughs> we and, uh, squinted. Well, sort of the great Kate McNown era. I mean, that, there was a big time problem. Oh. Tried to forget about that one. Um, yeah, so we're not, this is uncharted territory for us to draft a quarterback and have a lot of, from a big school like Ohio State. And on paper, his resume's there. So it's just time for him. He's, he's got the job now. He's, he's, we've fired the guys in front of them. So he's promoted to number one. Need a QB one image come out for him, unlike Dalton this year, and uh, yeah, gotta see what he has. See what he has. Yeah, I mean Cutler was the other one because he had made. Yeah, but that for... wasn't. We didn't draft him, so I kind of excluded him from the from the criteria. But yeah, we were all pumped. I was pumped when they traded for him. I thought he was the missing piece to the Lovey Smith puzzle, and we're still scratching for that. And and he had made a Pro Bowl in the NFL by the time the Bears had acquired him, but. With Cutler, it was always about the intangibles. The second the Bears traded for him, all the Bears fans were excited because everybody saw the potential, and a lot of national commentators came on and said, this guy is a total jerk. (laughs) This guy can make any throw in the book, but everybody hates him, and none of his teammates are going to have any interest in playing for him the second he steps in that locker room. And it turns out that's exactly what happened, because if you hear some of the players that were teammates with Cutler, like Krutz and Erlacher and Briggs, they couldn't say it at the time because you can't trash your quarterback, but... (laughs) <laughs> They'll take some shots at him now, and for the for what everybody says about Jay Cutler, I think his time here was okay. He wasn't terrible. He won some big games, but he was pretty awful in some other games too. And I think it ended up that his career record as Bears quarterback was exactly five hundred, yeah. which is perfect for <laughs> exactly what that was. It was a whole lot of to do about nothing. I suppose he, he still set every single Bears uh, passing record that there is, except interceptions. Oh, who has that? Sid Luckman. Uh-huh. Well, Sid Luckman. Yeah. But, uh, um, you know, the, the uh, obviously, though, still, aside from the fact that we didn't draft him, he played at Vanderbilt, okay? So, I mean, so it wasn't like he was a big-time player when he was in college. You know, Fields was Mr. Football in Georgia. You know, he, he went to University of Georgia, big-time program, and it wasn't going to work out for him there. So what did he do? He transfers from Georgia to Ohio State, there's just not many players that can say that that happened, you know. So I'm all I'm saying is is that this kid has seen some big time, and I just don't think last year was indicative at all of what he could do. I don't I don't yeah. think so. I mean, I, I I think that's fairly well agreed upon. Last year he didn't mm-hmm. get a fair shake. He might not get a fair shake this year because the. Bears haven't invested on the offensive side of the ball yet. We'll see what they do in the draft, but more than likely this team is going to struggle again, and the idea is that if they're bad next year but you get the salary cap and the roster cleaned up, then it's full steam ahead in 2023. So we'll see how that plan works out. But, Toby, you said something, and I kind of want to circle back to your thoughts on the draft because mm-hmm. before you dial on, on I was saying – the Bears really can't go wrong here. Pretty much every position is available to them because the roster is so bad. Right. And a lot of people, like you said, want to see them take wide receivers, and I agree with that to an extent. But like you said, there's probably going to be five or six wide receivers that go in the first round and maybe a couple more in the second round before the Bears get a yeah. chance to draft. This is a very wide receiver-heavy draft. Where do you want to see them go? And obviously, it'll be dependent upon what the teams before them do. But in your ideal scenario, what do you want to see the Bears do with their early picks in the draft this yeah. year? 
Yeah, well, ideally, I always like to go best player available. That's the, the cop-out answer there, obviously. So the main thing is don't reach for something just because you want it. But uh, like I said, I think of the, the trenches, getting an offensive lineman is important at the top. I'd like to see at least two offensive linemen drafted because we have a lot of gaping holes on the offensive line. We have maybe four people for sure, I can say, will be on the opening day roster right now on our offensive line. And, and that's, not, that's not a good place to start with. So I'd say offensive line, one of those. And then probably a trade back here or there, at least one, every couple trade backs, accumulate more picks, get some picks next year too, perhaps. Um, but I'd say the, the top three, three or four picks that I can see, offensive lineman, a wide receiver, secondary help, probably three biggest needs, maybe even a couple secondaries, a cornerback and a safety perhaps. Yeah, that's uh, that's a pretty good assessment. Uh, I mean, I think that's kind of what everybody's hoping to see. And, you know, uh, what will be interesting with the very first pick at 39 will be, um, you know, does he he go for one of the receivers? Because as Jim was just saying, from the publications I've been reading, it looks like it's going to be six or seven receivers that go in the first round. and maybe another one right, you know, early in the second. Um, so, you know, the, there's been a lot of names floating out there. Uh, uh, Nick Bell, um, uh, John Meachie. Uh, Christian Watson, I've heard Chris, a lot. Yeah, Christian Watson. Um, He's more of a raw prospect, and that's kind of taking a chance. But the guy yeah, from, like, Texas time. Southern, right? Hightower, I think. I don't know, but... There's going to be a lot of names, and when you're picking in the second round as your first pick, any mock draft is going to be wrong, and every player that people think the Bears are going to draft are either going to slide up or fall down, or the draft is very dynamic. So I'm excited to see what they end up doing, and like I was saying before, it's going to be really difficult to get too excited or too angry about what the Bears decide to do with these second and third round draft picks. It's just, they're bad. They have holes at pretty much every position on the roster, and they're picking in the second round. So chances are most Bears fans won't have any idea who the player they draft is. They might know the school he went to, but they're not going to have strong thoughts (laughs) other than the 2 or 3% of Bears fans that have really gotten into college football and done their homework on the draft. So it'll be exciting once the picks are made and we're going to see if immediately once the Bears announce their pick, people that are in the know are excited or angry. And if they're angry, that's usually not a good sign. But, you know, it's kind of a situation where I think for the most part you have to give polls the benefit of the doubt. It's, Bears fans angry? Like, yeah. What are you, what are you kidding? It's like oh, as much- I, I'm laughing. I'm saying like people on the internet asking for me to get fired already because he hasn't done anything. And he's better. That was, jam. That was some insane stuff. For two months. And we actually had a, an interesting tweet to the page from Keith that said, the Bears have, or sorry, that Ryan Poles has done exactly what he said he was going to do, and people are angry about it. So we complained for the last seven years that Ryan Pace never explained his plan or never answered any questions to the media. So as soon as we fire him and get somebody in that says and does exactly what he's going to do, people are mad at him for doing what he says he's going to do. So you can't win. It, it is what it is. People are always going to be angry, but... I think for the most part, it's going to be really difficult to be upset with what Ryan Poles does with his draft yeah. picks. And we should probably wait until week one, at least probably longer than that, but at least let's see him on the field before we make a judgment call in the off season. It's a long journey here. Oh yeah. Week one's going to be bad too. So <laughs> I think this whole next year is probably going to be pretty bad. Maybe the bears will luck out and open against the Texans or Washington or somebody else that sucks, but Chances are the Bears are going to be opening against the Packers or some other, you know, prime. We usually time, play the Packers early. Some other primetime game that they're probably going to lose. So, I, you know, though, I, I, I got to say, I am feeling like that this team is going to be one of those teams that wins some games that, it, that they quote unquote shouldn't. 
and they're going to lose some games that they should win. I I, I think uh, Fields is going to be brand new to most teams that play against him. They're not going to really be prepared for him because the film that they have on him from last year, well, you know, it was hard for us fans that watch every game to even tell, you know, what what's bad coaching and what's bad play? It's, there's because there's so much of both. <laughs> so you know where do we you know where do we stand? So I, that's the way. Yeah, it, it's just the way that I think we go ahead and uh, and you know move forward. We, we just got we we got to be patient a little bit. So. All right, so uh, well, thanks a lot for joining us today, Toby. Um, we'll yeah, have you, uh, we'll have you back on again uh, it, after uh, after the draft, so you can give us uh, your, your thoughts and uh, uh, any 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 parting words. Bear down. <laughs> thanks, Toby. This is fun. We'll talk to you on, a, on an episode soon. Here, yeah. have you on, guys. Talk later. Uh, yeah, so thanks, Toby, for joining. We're going to have a second special guest here, and this is actually my, my father, whose name is also Jim, and he listens to us every week, so excited to have him on. Dad, how you doing? Good, guys. How are you? I, I, I felt like I was on hold with Boris and Bernstein on the score. <laughs> the, 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 anticipa- the anticipation was killing me. Uh, this podcast is in very high demand. I, <laughs> yeah. Can <laughs> only take the comparison to Boers and Bernstein as a compliment, I suppose, even though they haven't been on the air in a really long time. But we go over twenty every week. <laughs> but no, I, that's I, awesome. Well, I'll tell you guys, I've been, I've been listening to you guys from the very beginning. I listened to every episode, and I, I got to tell you, it's, it's very entertaining. It's very informative. You, you guys have done a great job. You don't talk over each other. It flows. It's it's a very quick hour listen, and and. I'm very impressed at the, at the content. I mean, you guys talk about stuff that's relevant and that that a lot of people don't think about. You know, like the finances and the and the and the reason that the Bears are where they are and the history of all that. And so, congratulations, you guys do a good, really good job with this. Thanks, Jim. That's really appreciated. And I gotta, I, I since you're down there uh, in the thick of things, um, I am waiting to hear what is your take on the Bears fans in Chicago at this moment, especially when it, you know, with the draft right a week away. Yeah, I, you know, I agree with a lot of what you guys are saying. Nobody is ever going to be happy. I think that, you know, for me personally, I'm kind of, I come from the era like you do, Tom, you know, we saw it way back in the old days, Bears football was, you know, grinded out on the field. We we saw some (laughs) crappy, crappy football pre-Super Bowl. We get to a Super Bowl. It's like, maybe the best day of our lives as Bears fans, and now it's back to to where it was. And I think the expectations are high, um, but I think people are, you know, hesitant. It's, it's you ask for a new coach, you got a new coach. You got you ask for a new GM, you got a new GM. And, and if you look at the, 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 the staff that the Bears have, they hired like 13 new coaches, <laughs> including the strength and conditioning coaches. I mean, and now you're bringing in players and getting rid of players. It, it, the... the the, the confusion and the and the just the hodgepodge and the and the mess that's going on right now. I don't know how everybody's going to get on the same page by day one. So it, it's exciting, but I also agree with you guys. I'd be ecstatic if the Bears went seven and nine. I mean, <laughs> I think the draft. You know, I think the draft is going to be very interesting. The Bears don't really have any. Any picks, you know, other than what, what they got a, a second rounder, um, and so I, I, I'm excited. I'm excited about the new stuff, but then I look at who's still sitting in the owner's box, and that <laughs> just brings me right back down to your, right back down to earth. You know, I mean, it's the McCaskies, and and I think honestly, I'm not sure we'll ever see another Super Bowl in Chicago until we get new owners. And I think a lot of people, That's just my opinion. a lot of people feel that same way. It's yeah. not the first time the Bears have turned over their front office or their coaching staff, and we've gotten excited before. And you know, every time it's been more of the same. It's been incompetence and 
poor drafting and signing bad free agents and not being able to find a quarterback. So I think that it's understandable why a lot of Bears fans aren't really that excited about this new regime, even though Ryan Poles, by all regards, is one of the brightest young executives in the NFL, and everybody seems to really like Matt Eberflus, and Justin Fields was a really highly thought of prospect, and the Bears have signed a couple of other really smart executives that people think highly of. It's not like we haven't said the same things before, and you bring people in here that are highly thought of, and they fail for one reason or another, and I don't know if that's because of ownership, or if that's because of having a poorly built-out front office, or if it's because people don't want to play in Chicago, or a combination thereof, probably a combination thereof, but the Bears, as we talked about last week, just have not shown an ability to string together four, five, six, seven successful seasons in a row. Even going back to the Super Bowl year in 85, everybody thinks that team should have won more than one Super Bowl. They never even got back to the game. So (laughs) it's been a long string of bad football with a couple of good seasons here or there sprinkled in. I mean, even going back to Sayers and Butkus, neither of those players ever played in the playoffs. So it's been bad for a long time. And the hope is that with, Uh, another new regime it is going to get better but all that is right now is hope especially in an offseason like this where the Bears really haven't done a whole lot to be excited about leading up to the draft what's uh uh Jim what's your personal picture of Justin Fields I think he's I think he's uh gonna be a great quarterback I just don't know if he's gonna be a great quarterback with the Bears um, I think, you know, I think, why do we got to always put with, that asterisk there? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. I, I agree wholeheartedly with, wholeheartedly with you guys that, you know, you need to build around him. I, I'm not that concerned with the offensive line as a lot of people are. I mean, I think there's a chance that they might be average or a little bit better. And, and as long as, he has the ability to run, and when he isn't running, they can protect for him in the pocket. You know, for the most part, I think it's I think that part of it's going to be okay. And I think he's got a good arm. I think he's fast. I think he's, you know, especially playing on a surface that's run and maintained by a local park district. Which <laughs> to me is, is still beyond good one. Believe you know. I'll, you look back at the, at the Super Bowl, what do you see? They see that beautiful turf, you know what I mean? It was consistent. It's a consistent field. And here, you know, he's, he's playing on probably a very below average field. But, you know, if we can – and I, I think going back to the draft, if, if maybe this draft and next draft, if Bear fans can be just patient, and I know Bear fans are tired and they're impatient and – you know, that's that's one of the big things. But I'm not really even going to judge polls on this draft, but maybe the next one more than this one. I mean, yeah. if we can get a wide receiver, if we can get a D-back, if we can get maybe an offensive lineman in this draft, you know, maybe next year we're looking at a, at a better situation. But um, I think Fields is a much better quarterback than Cutler was then, you know, you look at, at, at Love up in Green Bay. How many more games does that guy have under his belt than Fields doesn't? I think, I think Fields is a better quarterback from yeah. what I've seen. Well, um, just from raw, ta- just from raw, ta- raw talent wise. That's, that's one of the things uh, I, I was just uh, talking about a, a bit ago is that I, I, I feel like Bears fans have never seen a guy like this before. And I, I, I think that we all have a certain amount of disbelief ingrained in us because because we've endured it for so long. Uh, I mean, yeah. a quarterback has never had the uh, the accolades that this kid had coming into the NFL. We've never had one. You know, Cutler played at you know at Vanderbilt. Grossman, you know, had one good year with Florida. Uh, I mean, the, the guys that 
we consider our best guys, none of them have the resume that this kid has. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you look back, Tom, if you look back in, in the past and, and think about what we, you and I have lived through as Bears fans, who is the closest guy that you can compare him to? I mean, it might even be Trubisky, you know, because Trubisky could run. And yeah. He had a decent arm, but I can't think of any Bears quarterback going back. I, I'm not really sure I ever saw Bobby Douglas play. <laughs> everybody, everybody that I can think of, I, I can't think of another quarterback who's got the skill set that this kid has. Really, that we've ever seen in a Bears uniform? Yeah, that's the truth. Um, I mean, he's got an arm. Uh, it might not be quite as strong as Cutler's, but it's pretty darn close. His accuracy level, though, um, I know it's going to come through more this year. His metrics coming into the NFL were off the off the charts. I mean, even above Trevor Lawrence. Uh, so he he has some skills that we just haven't got to see. And I think a lot of this uh, all stems from the fact that last year was so disappointing. The team wasn't really even fun to watch. I mean, it was just such a an overrun disaster and. So I it, I think we're kind of reverting to what we've always done as Bears fans, and that is we get our hope up for a Trubisky or for a Cutler or for a Grossman or for an Orton or for a Harbaugh, and we're like, uh. <laughs> yeah. it's it, it, once again uh, back to the drawing board. Well, and that's the thing with this rebuild too, and. It's a lot to ask Bears fans for more patience because <laughs> I was thinking about this. The Bears haven't made the playoffs, and well, the Bears haven't won a playoff game. Sorry, in ten years. Yeah, they they had the double doink yeah. and they had the game in New Orleans, which barely counts. But it has been bad for the last decade, and other than the one year in 2018, which was the double doink. It hasn't even really been uh, very hopeful. Close. Yeah, it hasn't been close. I mean, the only team I could think of that was any good was the year that Cutler broke his hand. Yeah. The Bears lost six games in a row to end the year and missed the playoffs. So when you haven't had any sort of success, it's one thing for Patriots fans that are going through a bit of a rebuild right now. They have no right to complain. No. But Bears fans have not had anything to fall back on for a long time. And we're talking about the Bears in the same category as teams like the Lions or the Jaguars or the Browns. And it's the Chicago Bears. <laughs> there should be a higher standard than every, you know, once every five years they're going to make the playoffs. But that's just not what it's been. So... I think now being on the third front office regime during that time period that I'm talking about, even though there's a lot of good things to say about these guys, it's really difficult to think that this is going to be any different until we actually see any evidence of it. Yeah, I mean, and if you think about it, I mean, Jim, you and I have had this conversation. Chicago is not an easy place. It's just not even football, just every sport. It's just not a very easy place to play. It's, Absolutely. There are, high, there are high expectations. The media is tough. And it used to be a lot tougher. You know, when, when, Tom, you remember the old, like the Sun-Times reporters, the, all the, the newspapers. These guys were, if you go back to the, the even back to the Lee Elias uh, uh, um, thing where, you know, he just went off. I mean, reporters and, and just this the atmosphere in the city is not easy to play in and um you know i think that's why a lot of bears fans are just like every other sports fan in chicago when things aren't going well we get pissed and yeah. it's like you know we have to have something change now or else and unfortunately when you bring in 15 new coaches a new gm and all these new players it's just not going to be that way this year it's just you have to be realistic about it at some point and think, well, all right, yeah, I'm a Bears fan and I want them to win and I'm sick of losing for the last 37 <laughs> years, but 
hopefully I can live one year more, one year longer to see them be a little bit better next year. And, and that's just going to take a little bit, another year of patience. And, and I think this draft and next draft are going to be huge for the future of the Bears because if they do the same thing that they've been doing, then you guys are going to be talking about the same crap on this podcast <laughs> for the next five, ten years, man. I'm sorry. I don't know what you're going to be talking about, but it's going to be like the same stuff for the next five years. Uh, we'll find something. <laughs> yeah, you can always right, find good. something. You know, though, um, you, sure do, you, you do have a really good point there. And, uh, you know, that's uh, I've certainly uh, watched uh, – I've told many people that I believe – that being quarterback for the Chicago Bears is the single toughest job in the NFL. And I and I genuinely believe that. And it's because of the fact that it's a single team in the second largest television market in in the US. And I I think that the like you were saying the the fans demonstrate some patience at first, but they can be quick to that gun and um you know it it almost is. It almost snowballs. Uh, my cousin, who lives down, uh, who lives in Jefferson Park, uh, he he uh, still hates Rex Grossman. <laughs> I mean, seriously, he does. I'm like, I'm like Neil. You know, it's, it's just a. I don't care. I still hate that guy. <laughs> you know? So it it's it's that's the kind of thing that they have to deal with, and I think even a little sprig of that came out with this whole, that whole rumor that was swirling. Who was that? Was that a guy from Sports Illustrated that came out and said that they needed to trade fields now because uh, Poles doesn't really believe in him or something like that? I mean, if that's true, if Poles doesn't believe in him, then they should trade him. Right. But... I don't think I don't that's, think that's true. true at all. I think that Ryan Poles wouldn't have taken this job if he didn't believe in Justin Exactly. Fields. So I, I think what you're saying is true, though. The Bears have not earned the benefit of the doubt at the quarterback position. So I think that well, Justin... Well, I, I tell you what. I think if, if he's successful in the next two years and the Bears improve and we make the playoffs and are a much better team than they were last year, Ryan Poles has got a job here for... <laughs> as long as he wants and you so does I mean? fields I just don't... like fields will be yeah. fields will never have to pay for a meal in chicago again if he gets no. embarrassed or something. No. <laughs> i mean people are still talking about the 85 bears in chicago even though <laughs> nobody even really remembers watching them <laughs> We than, do. You know, yeah. like, like, that yeah, was sure. that was so remember, long ago. I but like yesterday. Yeah, like that was so long ago. I mean, go ask an average Giants fan about the New York Giants in the early 1980s. Right. But they have had success since then. The Bears haven't. The Bears have not had any success since 1985. So those players are, are still well, heroes, and they should be because they were great. But. We just haven't had anything to be excited about since then, for the most part. Yeah, and I don't know if you guys touched. I don't know if you guys touched on this part of it, you know, earlier in the podcast. But you know, that's part of the reason why I don't think the Bears are going to attract. Jim, you and I talked about this. They're not going right. to attract free agents. They they don't have high school and college kids to look at the Chicago Bears as a, a relevant team, as a team they want to play for. They because they don't. They're not old enough to remember. Then their parents aren't old enough. If you think of these 19, 20-year-old kids coming out of college, how old are their parents? They're probably 38, 39, 40 years old. So they were maybe four years old when the Bears won the Super Bowl. They don't remember that. Yeah. How, how are the Bears ever going to be relevant for, for, or, or exciting to be able to attract free agents and, and college players to look at them and say, man, that's a place I want to play. It used to be that way. You so know, the Bears, the Bears football, the Bears mystique, all that stuff. It used to be that way, but it's not anymore. So right to that point is that's the hope uh, I feel right now about what is transpiring is, is that we just had a huge influx of youth and, uh, you know, it, it isn't something that we're used to. Last year, we were the oldest team in the NFL. Um, so it, it, 
trying to swallow that is a little bit of a pill, especially for the old school guys. Uh, you know, we have to adjust to the fact that we have a a general we have a general manager that I think is 36 years old. You know, so he's gonna he's gonna go through some growing pains, and the team is probably along with him. But they're also going to see things from a perspective that the OGs aren't. They're going to see things uh, that are, are the new fresh thing and be able to identify with that and you know, probably, hopefully produce the most out of it. And I think that all evolves around number one. Yeah, I mean, that's the, yeah. way, that's the way the NFL is now, is get a quarterback and figure it out. The rules are... Stacked against the 85 Bears now. They are. You just can't play that defense anymore. And having Ryan Poles in here, I mean, Ryan Poles was younger than some players on the Bears roster last year, including (laughs) the starting left tackle. So I think that perspective is good, and it's what the Bears hoped they were getting with Ryan Pace, but what they really weren't getting. So... I don't know. I'm, I'm excited to see what happens. I think that we have to try really hard to not judge Ryan Poles on the sins of his predecessors because he's his own general manager, and it's not fair to him to say that he he is not going to be successful because the Bears have hired a bunch of bad general managers before. So we're going to see how it goes. I think we all want the same thing i would love nothing more than to come on this podcast every week and to talk about how excited i am for the next bears game because they're going to be competing for a super bowl somewhere down the line but it just hasn't been that way and i don't think it's going to be that way next year either but hopefully headed in the right direction at least yeah well i know i know maybe they'll maybe they'll go ahead they'll bring back the honey bears so at least we have something to look at on the field I wouldn't hold your breath that would on make that. It, hey, wouldn't that, wouldn't that make it more exciting, Tom? Yeah, I don't, Jim, you don't even remember the Honey Bears. That's the best part of that's the best part of watching crappy Bears football. <laughs> that, that's before my time. <laughs> but you know that I will tell you though. Um, it, I I was watching some of of Fields' play from last year, and he does have the the talent level to pull off some things that we haven't seen before as Bears fans in Bears play. So that part of it does at least bring some excitement. I think so. Yeah, and I don't don't think you have to worry about the arm strength. I think the arm strength is there. I just think we have to have players that he can – that can get open for him to throw to. And, 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 you know, that's that's been a huge problem. I'm hoping it's going to be better this year. But I think think his arm – Strength is pretty good from from what I saw last year. He's just we got to get guys open downfield. Yeah, we'll hope. So, Dad, we're running short on time here. Any parting thoughts? Yep. Nah, thanks for having me on. It's been a lot of fun, and uh, keep up the good work, guys. It's, it's fun to listen to. Yeah, we'll do it again. Thanks, thanks for joining, a lot, Jim. All right, so that's kind of an idea of what we're hoping to do on a few episodes this off season. Just trying to get some additional perspectives on where the Bears are currently sitting and what our listeners and Bears fans think the team looks like going forward. So if you're interested in jumping on a future episode of Bears Scat, hit us up on Twitter and we're happy to have you on and you can make fun of us if you want or maybe we'll make fun of you, but we can (laughs) talk about the Bears, which is what really we all like to do. Thank you uh, to our two special guests, Golf Club. Yeah, we appreciate it. And I I think we heard a lot of what Tom and I have been talking about a lot on this podcast, which is that there's a lot of frustration and rightfully so with how the Bears have been and the draft while potentially there's some optimism, it's going to be a long road ahead, I think, to get Bears fans excited. We just can't, we just can't instantly hope for uh, you know, a, an immediate change, because that's not the way it works. No, it, it's not like the Bears are going to draft uh, 
generational talent who on day one is going to dramatically improve the team because you know where those guys get drafted in the first round (laughs) primarily but you know at the same time it is possible I mean we've had some we've had some pretty amazing players come out of the second round and the one that always pops into my mind right away Matt Forte oh there are awesome players in the second round and in other rounds so that's not saying the Bears might draft somebody that ends up being a hall of famer yeah let's hope so but Devin Hester exactly but the guys that on draft day you know are going to be Hall of Famers are going to be picked long before where the Bears are picking. So I'm going into it with an open mind. I know we have one more episode coming up before the draft itself. So Tom and I will get a little bit more into our thoughts during that episode. Yep. But th- once again, just thanks for listening. Thanks for Toby and my dad Jim for joining. It was a lot of fun. And you listeners out there, if you're interested in hopping on, we're... More than we're, we're more than willing to have you, especially during the off season. So hit us up, and we'll make it work. Go Bears.